Hello, IABC members, and welcome to the latest episode of the IABC Edmonton podcast. Hi, I'm Johanna Dietrich. I'm Director of Enform User Experience. Well, there were lots of good snippets tonight, but I think really two of the big learnings would be, you know your employees best. So taking information from the panelists tonight and applying them to your own organization is probably the best solution. It's not one size fits all, definitely, but there are all sorts of technologies and techniques that could be applied in different contexts. The IABC Edmonton podcast is a great way to sharpen your professional skills and learn some new ones. The other thing that really resonated for me, though, was that it wasn't just about technology, which we all know, but sometimes thinking about the fact that technology is there to support the internal communications, not only of communications staff, but of those that we rely on to be our communications voices. And how can we use digital tools to help enable those people be effective at the communications that we want them to help us with is the biggest learning of all. Sounds like a great topic. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IABC Edmonton podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marvin Polis, one of the past presidents of IABC Edmonton and currently president of Stimulant Strategies here in Edmonton. And uh, I'm at the latest IABC Edmonton professional development session. This has been a great session and our topic has been leveraging digital to enhance employee engagement. It's actually been a panel discussion and I have with me now the facilitator of the panel and her name is Johanna Dietrich and she's from Enform. Johanna, you did a great job of facilitating this panel. Now, first of all, tell our audience uh, who the members of the panel were this evening. We had four panelists this evening. Jacqueline Laduser, who's from Atco Electricity Global Business Unit. Karen Mills from Edmonton Public Schools. Carol Stevenson-Roy, who's the Director of Member Experience at the Alberta Motor Association, and Marcy Richardson from Global Deloitte. Now, something that stood out to me is that these individuals really know their stuff in terms of, of engaging their employees within their organizations. There really isn't one magic way of doing it. This, uh, this was really a common theme. We heard many things. We heard about intranets. We heard about email newsletters. We heard about, about podcasts, all kinds of things. Tell me about this. Internal communications is a complex business, as most communicators know, and using a wide variety of digital tools to support those initiatives is definitely one of the themes we heard tonight. Um, intranets are a key part of that, and I think there was a fair bit of talk about using different kinds of tools and targeting content on an intranet to particular employee groups, maybe, or locations, depending on the kinds of employees' distributed workforces. Marcy talked about her employees all across the world, so how do you go about targeting content to people who live and work in very different locales and have different kinds of jobs. Um, but things like e-newsletters are also very popular and it's using a basic tool that many of us know how to use and access every day and even targeting those kinds of tools to people based on their job function or maybe um, the particular school that they work at allows you to target those communications much more so. And we heard good examples of that tonight. The podcast is a new one for me. I hadn't heard about internal communications using an, their own inter- internal network of producing a podcast, coming up with an idea of someone to interview for their staff. It's really a new way to go about thinking about engaging with your, your employees, uh, but using new tools to do that. In fact, speaking of low-tech, uh, something that Jackie mentioned is that, uh, that they recently did a, a safety stand-down where they had everybody in the entire organization throughout ATCO dial in. 
they did it, a low-tech method but highly effective and they did get some feedback that they wanted to be able to change that up and maybe have more live communication uh, question submission through an online tool like Skype or Yam or something like that but they were able to moderate the phone um, the phone calls and questions from staff and address them in a in a very orderly way it was important messaging relating to safety and they knew that everybody had to hear it at the same time as I mentioned a moment ago we heard that there have been a number of methods that were uh, that were talked about this evening there was some discussion about the success of these methods how successful have they been and how do they know that they're successful well that varies a lot on the Im implementation uh, we talked a little bit about the e-newsletter measurement of success um, there are great tools out there like MailChimp or Constant Contact that allow people to measure the number of click-throughs, where people are clicking on an email, what articles they're going to be reading on their internet when they click on those links from the emails. So even counting the number of click-throughs allows you to measure your success in terms of number of people who are reading your articles. Um, that was definitely one of the measures that they talked about today. And even knowing who's not clicking, who they are, what the demographics are. That, that was actually one of the interesting findings. So again, from ATCO, um, they're doing a little bit of a manual cross-reference where they're keeping track of the people who aren't opening the emails and they're cross-referencing them back to their human resources information so they can identify the demographics, maybe what unit they work in or their location. And that's all to be able to identify a better way maybe of reaching out to those people. So they're aggregating that information and trying to target content to them differently. And again, using the ACO example of who's not clicking, they do the analysis, and, uh, and Jackie mentioned that they have employees who are uh, north of 60 in, in Yukon, for instance, and they realize by doing the analysis of who's not clicking that, wait a minute, we're not actually delivering uh, content that's resonating to them. That's right. So they were able to identify that there was a group of people who weren't clicking through and they were trying to figure out why. And when they were able to aggregate that information, they found out that they weren't clicking. What kind of information did those people need? And so they worked with the communications coordinators up north to be able to better target the kind of news that would be relevant to those people. So the kinds of businesses, the kinds of companies that they work with, so that the information that they were getting in the newsletter was more relevant and they increased their click-through rates. Now, I know that some of our listeners are wondering, what are the benchmarks? What would be a success? click-through rate? Well, there was some talk about that tonight, actually. Um, the ATCO example of the e-newsletters has been quite exceptional. Uh, Jackie talked about about an 80% click-through rate on at least one of the stories, which is pretty well unheard of. And there was some question about that in the audience that uh, maybe 15 or 20% would be a little bit more usual. I think uh, depending on your level of employee engagement and the number of emails you send out, you would vary that. But um, anything from the 30 to 50% range would be probably normal or at least common. You would be aiming for something better than that, of course. But uh, at Jackie's ACO example of 80% was pretty exceptional. And another thing that we heard about this evening is that it's not all about the technology, it's about the people too. And how do you get people involved in the storytelling? And I think that the Alberta Motor Association example with Carol was really telling in that uh, they have the stories just flooding in. They do. They have a program called Treat You Like Family, which reinforces a larger initiative within the organization. So it's their corporate um, branding internally, but also they apply it to their membership. And they did a, a really good job of incentivizing participation when they rolled that program out, um, asking people to submit stories about their colleagues or about how they saw their colleagues treating other members. And um, sort of through, the, through that initial incentivization, I think they were able to increase awareness to the point that now their new intranet needs to have categories of all the different types of stories that they're submitting and people are commenting on them and they're interested in sharing those in a really meaningful way. Yes, indeed, there was a lot of 
discussion about segmentation and again using the Alberta Motor Association example Carol mentioned that they really have broad lines of business they have tow truck drivers and and they operate a bank and they have a travel agency they do and the messaging that needs to get out to those people varies depending on the business unit so the AMA challenge that Carol spoke about was about balancing the corporate communications initiatives that her team is responsible for and making sure that one AMA and that one brand is still carried through the messaging but allowing each one of those business units essentially those separate businesses to communicate directly with their employees and finding a way to balance those two needs so that they get business unit specific relevant to their job information when they need it but that they're also getting the reinforced corporate communications materials as well. Exactly and uh, another topic that came up I I know our listeners uh, are thinking about this is do we allow comments and, and do we allow an open discussion on bulletin boards So commenting on stories and different types of news articles was something that all the panelists talked about having the advantage of, and they didn't express any concern really in managing the logistics of that. There's often a concern when you're implementing that you're worried about if somebody says something bad, what are we going to do about it? And they all talked about the fact that it was really not that difficult and the employees stepped in and that management didn't ever have to step in to manage inappropriate comments or something like that. So at Edmonton Public Schools, Karen Mills was explaining that teachers want to be able to share materials that they create in and of themselves with other teachers. So sometimes it's communications, but maybe it's classroom materials. And although there are Edmonton Public Schools sanctioned materials that are official, and those are included on the official Edmonton Public Schools intranet in their future state, they wanted to enable teachers to share with each other. One of her words of wisdom, however, was if you're trying to encourage that kind of sharing, be wary of copyright concerns and your legal department might actually need to be consulted in that context because what is actually official Edmonton Public Schools sanctioned information might not be what the teachers are actually using and just making a clear line between what the board is sanctioning versus what the teachers are sharing in and of themselves and that they want to encourage that behavior without stifling people's creativity. Exactly and then going back to the issue of people commenting on on anything that they want to comment on all of our participants tonight said that it's it's really self-policing people know who you are this isn't like the anarchy out there on the web where people can be anonymous. That's right. On an internet, we know who you are because you've logged into some sort of a system and the the browser likely knows your name and probably something about you, like where you work or what your job is. So when you're commenting, you're commenting as yourself. Your little photo might show up next to your comment and people are going to police themselves. They're going to look to each other to reinforce positive behaviors and probably encourage each other and also encourage open dialogue. All of the panelists talked to varying degrees about the fact that sometimes the comments weren't all in support of something that was being posted, maybe a change in policy and people were opposing it, but that the comments are also valuable to the organization to receive in such an open way. And it's a really valuable way for them to get that feedback. And then another thing that I wanted to touch on is that we had Marcy here from Deloitte. She talked about the challenges with respect to international communication uh, using internets. Uh, What was your summary on that? So Marcy's challenge is quite unique because she works in a a global unit for a member firm organization that supports hundreds of thousands of people around the world. But her job really isn't to communicate directly with all of those individual employees. It's to enable people at varying levels in the organization to best be able to do their jobs in communicating. So she's been instrumental in rolling out this brand initiative throughout the company and providing the appropriate tools for all of these different member firms to be able to support their own initiatives in their own locations, their own languages within their own culture providing toolkits and podcasts, maybe some videos to help support that information. So her role is less direct with each one of the employees, but in supporting the people that she relies on to do some of that networking communications work on her behalf. 
So for her, it's not so much an issue of controlling communication, so to speak. It's really facilitating communication. Her role is definitely in enabling that communication so that the people on the ground at varying levels have all the tools at their disposal to do the best job they can with the support of her global unit. Well, Johanna, it's been a very interesting and educational evening. What would you like to say to wrap this up? What did you really learn in summary? Well, there were lots of good snippets tonight, but I think really two of the big learnings would be, you know your employees best. So taking information from the panelists tonight and applying them to your own organization is probably the best solution. It's not one size fits all, definitely, but there are all sorts of technologies and techniques that could be applied in different contexts. The other thing that really resonated for me, though, was that it wasn't just about technology which we all know, but sometimes thinking about the fact that technology is there to support the internal communications, not only of communications staff, but of those that we rely on to be our communications voices. So principals in a school, management or leadership in other companies, and how can we use digital tools to help enable those people be effective at the communications that we want them to help us with is the biggest learning of all. Well said. Well, thanks for joining us and thank you for facilitating this session this evening. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for the IABC Edmonton podcast. I'm your host, past president Marvin Polis. Be sure to join us next time.